That top is like barely covering your titties. Well, it's because they fell lower now. So like my titties are barely, it's it literally like right on the line. <laughs> Just covers your nipples. It does. Every time I breathe, I feel like it's coming like further up my, until my nipples are just going to be like, hi. <laughs> awesome. I mean, it might be slightly distracting, but. I'm <laughs> it's like all under boob now. It is all under boob. Uh, all oh, right. man, I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, the whole time. Don't do that. I'm going to try not to. I'm just going to be a little stuffy sounding. I'd appreciate it. I'm sorry. Okay, are we going to do... Um, are you ready to do this shit? I think so. <laughs> okay, kinky okay. fuckers, here we go. Yay! It's a pineapple party. Oh, and we got polyamory, too. What's that? You want a kink fest? A little BDSM? Well, buckle up, buttercups, because we got that, too. It's the Kitchen Sink E&M and Kink Podcast. Good evening, everybody. It Hi. is Saturday night. Yeah, we're a little behind. Yeah, Saturday. <laughs> that work week really, really got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're back to work now. Yes, I am. Anyway, uh, so this is show number 10 of the Kitchen Sink E&M and King podcast. So is it really? It is. Wow. I know. I feel like we were just on seven. How are we on 10 already? <laughs> time flies. <laughs> Seriously. So if this is your first time listening, um, make sure you go back and dig up the old ones. Yes, please uh, do. There's some pretty good ones. Yeah, and you... Get to know a lot about us in yeah. the first couple, I think. Um, and for those of you who have been listening, we really appreciate it. Yes. And uh, don't forget, if you'd like to give us any feedback, you know, we always love hearing that, good or bad. So you can message us on our Facebook page, um, or you can email us at the kitchen sink, E&M and kink at gmail.com. Uh, we got a big show today. We do. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a mix of some fun stuff and some heavy stuff. There might be some trigger warnings, just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, that'll be towards the end of the show. And we'll warn you again. Before just, we get into yeah, that. Just in case, you know, you're having so much fun you forgot. Yeah. So why don't you tell us what we're going to be getting into here, Tink? All right. So we are going to be discussing is our swinging group of topics is um how in the swing life if you are talking to others they Which i hope you are well yes <laughs> but there's that claiming that apparently can happen that you cannot play then with others or you cannot talk with others if you are talking with somebody else so oh uh, so they want to be monogamous swingers yeah yeah that's kind of what it that kind of sounds like to me, it sounds like they want to be poly. Kind of. Is what, I think so. I mean, that's pretty much what it sounds like. Or like they're trying to test the waters on it. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's that's fine. But I definitely think if you're going to, you know, want to do that, that should be brought up, like, one of the first things. Like, mm -hmm. hey, we're looking for one couple that we play with and hang out with and that's it like we don't want to play with anybody else we would like for you guys to not play with anybody else that way if you're not on the same page you don't have to waste your time right 
And if you are on the same page, well, then good. You know, you got yourself a little quad, you know, right. poly thing going on, you know. And that happens a lot. Depending on how deep, you know, feelings get or are allowed to get and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, we do know quite a few people that have stumbled into those. Yeah. And for the most part, they they have enjoyed them while they've lasted. Um, but it doesn't really seem like in that situation they've lasted for a long period of time, whether it be that things come up or that maybe get crazy. Well, that too, or maybe it was, you know, it was fun when it started and then they decided to, you know, take a step back and maybe go more in the direction of just swinging versus having a quad. Well, I mean, everything's very fluid in the E&M lifestyle, so... This is true. You know, um, but I do think if you're going to go about it from the swing aspect, mm-hmm. that you definitely need to let people know up front if that's something that you plan on implementing, you know. Like that's what your intentions are while, yeah. while you're talking with them. Yeah, because if you want to be in a poly you know, relationship, basically, mm-hmm. don't waste people's time with, you know, hanging out, talking maybe even playing once or twice and then being like, Hey, we don't want you guys to play with anybody else. We just want you to play with us. Yeah. And then you're, you know, the other couples like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, that's definitely where, again, communication is key. If you're looking for having a designated play couple that you just want to be playing with them because maybe it is that you want to be in that poly realm kind of feel, then you needed a, to let them know that right in the beginning. Yeah, I would definitely say that that is that is key communication. Yeah, like <laughs> that is the the strongest word when it comes to swinging, poly, any form of relationship is communication is key. Legit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what we've been stressing on this show since basically the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like communication, trust, all that goes hand in hand. It does. Um, so if if you've had that happen, listeners, I'm talking to you, please tell us your stories, good or bad, because we only really know bad stories Yeah, that has happened in that scenario. So, you know, please let us know how it went for you if you've had this happen, because I'm really curious in uh, learning more about people's uh, escapades, I guess. Yeah, and also, too, just like, getting more information as far as like what led up to it and what was said. And, you know, was it like the first time that you met them that they all of a sudden were like, I just want to have you only you, you can't see anybody right. else. Or, or was it a couple play dates in yeah. and then they're like springing it on you? Like, Hey, we don't want you guys to play with anybody else. Right. Like, did they catch the feels? Like what happened? I mean, like, I think regardless, and, and I guess it's kind of hard to say for sure because, you know, we are poly and so our way of playing is a little different than some swingers because a lot of swingers are also just kind of the wham bam thank you ma'am moving on to the next one because that's absolutely zero feelings right right so like maybe it's you know that they did get feelings and there's nothing wrong with that um i think it just depends on you know their extent of their feelings and how they wanted to go about things right it would definitely be interesting. So please yeah. let us know. Yeah, um, and I'm sure there's definitely all different kinds of stories that we'll hear from. And I'd yeah. love to. <laughs> yeah, so, and I mean, that basically brings us into our poly topic. Yeah. Um, 
So let's say these couples decided, hey, we're going to basically have like a quad a polycule. Yeah. Right. Uh, and things go really well. Mm-hmm. What do their living situations look like then? You know, like right. if it goes past just swinging in friends and now like. You're in full on relationships. Full blown relationships. You know, like you've crossed the poly threshold. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different variations and we've seen a lot of different ones as well. Um, whether it be like the people that we've met in the lifestyle mm-hmm. um, or even apparently ones that we've seen on the How to Build a Sex Room show where, I mean, a lot of, I think it, it depends on what they're looking for. Um, some people want like a all inclusive, basically, where everybody's going to live in the same house. Um, There's a couple examples of that on TikTok as well. Yeah, there definitely is. I can't remember their screen names off the top of my head, but there's a pretty well-known one uh, that has the husband and the boyfriend, and they all live together with their kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think then, too, you know, if they do opt to live all together, they may not all share a room. You know, they right. might have designated rooms, you know, so they each have their own separation time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that aren't familiar with poly um, may not understand that aspect. Like, you know, because we want monogamous people to understand, like, yes, we are all in a relationship, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just like your monogamous relationship. But I think that also leads to um, some people thinking or using their imagination when it comes to living situations or fucking situations, you know? Yeah. And I I think it's important that everybody kind of has their alone time. Yeah. Like if you're all living together, everybody, even if it was a husband and wife to begin with Mm -hmm. or a husband, husband, wife, wife, whatever your orientation is. um, I think even they need separation from their original partner yeah like you need your own space in a poly dynamic you know maybe not so much if it was just the two of you but well when you you'd have a man cave that's kind of the same thing yeah but you don't sleep in a man cave usually i I mean mean, you might pass out on the couch right but (laughs) it's not like your own room that you can go to bed there like if right you just need to be alone you have your own room yeah yeah that would be a little bit different yeah, so, um, and I think the reason that's more important in a polydynamic is just because there's so much more uh, stress mm-hmm. involved in the relationship because there's more people. Right. So, obviously, no matter how good your relationship is, there's always going to be stressors. Right. There really is between work and everyday life and then the relationship itself. Yes. And if you're feeling, you know, some kind of way and you just need to decompress and be alone, Mm -hmm. you should be able to do that and you should have your own space. Um, Now, obviously, not everybody is rich. So if you are (laughs) all all living together, that may mean, you know, everybody shares two rooms like there's an alone room and then there's a together room. Right. Right. (laughs) Which, um it's kind of how we had planned it. If any of our girlfriends would have moved in, yeah, we were going to like share the main bedroom and then have a, like a spare room set up for whoever wanted to be alone. Right. Um, 
and that's how I feel it should be done. Like I'm sure there's people out there that have separate rooms for everybody, you know, and, and that's fine if that's how you want to do it. But right, like or know, if like they have the the space to do that. Yeah, but like for me and you, uh, we generally always want to sleep with somebody. Yeah, we don't like to sleep alone. Yeah, I mean I, I do sometimes just because I sleep better sometimes, but. Uh, generally I, I like to cuddle. Yeah. I would say you like to cuddle because when I come to bed and you've been passed out before me, you like pull me in real close in the middle of your sleep. And I'm like, how is this possible? Like, and you pull me hard and fast. I'm like, this dude is asleep. How is he able to do this? So no, I will say, I mean, yes, like consciously you, you like to sleep by yourself, but subconsciously your body quite enjoys having somebody next to you. Well, yeah, I enjoy that, but I sleep better by myself though. Like I physically sleep better because oh. I'm not in a weird position. And <laughs> I was just going to say, this is all coming down on me, isn't it? <laughs> or you, whoever you're sleeping next to, they're like all jacked up in a ball or like they're curled up on you and pinned you down and you're just like, I can't move, but I like the comfort <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I definitely like sleeping with somebody, but I sleep better by myself. All right, I'll keep Take that, that as you will. I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and as far as when kids are involved and stuff like that, I mean. That makes things a little bit trickier, I feel. Not really. To me, I feel like it does. Just I mean, if you're in a relationship and it's that serious that you're going to want to move somebody in i would hope by then like your kids or your families have you know mixed enough by then that it wouldn't be like oh hey kids by the way the stranger's moving in <laughs> that's not what i meant i meant like the arrangements to try to figure out i mean some kids some people have more than one kid well, so you, well yeah obviously you'd have to have a big enough house to do this but <laughs> yes. like if the logistics are available yeah. Like, if you have the room, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, you just let the kids know, like, hey, so-and-so is moving in. Yeah. And by that point, the kids should be like, They'd cool. be like, long-term sleepover. Yeah, like, it's not a big deal. No. Like, I know a lot of people will think it's a big deal, you know, those who aren't poly. Mm -hmm. But it's really not, because by that point, that person has become an important part of those kids' lives. Right, and they already, you know, they look forward to, you know, getting to hang out with everybody and see everybody. So doing it long term because they get to move in is doesn't even phase them any. They don't see anything different with it. Right, so it's not nothing to worry about. You know, mm -hmm. if you're new to poly and you want to go down this road eventually, um, like I wouldn't recommend rushing anything. No, definitely take it slow. Yeah, don't rush it, but... Don't feel like living together can't happen. You know, if you're going to take Polly seriously and you're going to be open about it, which I would hope you would be, I mean, because nobody wants to feel like they're being hidden. No. And I feel like that's where some people feel like that's what happens because, like, it's not, you well, know, not many people are okay with it. So I feel like maybe they think that people are hidden about it. Yeah, and I mean, it happened to us a couple times. Like, we had to be hidden yeah. from our girlfriends, friends, and family, and all that. Yeah, and that yeah. kind of sucked, because then, like, you're limited to only really seeing each other at home. 
Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't go out for dinner. I mean, like you can, but you can't present like you're right. in a relationship with right. that person. Yeah. So like you basically present yourself like your friends and that kind of sucks because like you don't want to be like that because you know what you are behind closed doors. Yeah. Like you want to hold hands while you're walking, you yeah. know, through the mall or whatever. And you want to give them a kiss and you can't because you don't know if somebody will see that yeah. knows them and be like, yo, what the hell's going on? Yeah. So, um, the uh, the living situation thing, I don't think, is a big deal as long as you all communicate, you know, what expectations are and boundaries and all that good stuff. Because mm-hmm. boundaries are important. Yes, that they are. Then it'll be a good thing. I mean, there's no reason it should be a bad thing. Yep. And then the other aspect, too, as far as, you know, a poly relationship, whether it be a third or having a quad, maybe they want to not combine the houses and they have a designated house or they have, you know, you spend time at one house and one at the other because maybe the one person doesn't want to sell their house. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like that would be if you're in an actual like quad mm-hmm. um, and not in like a parallel or a V or anything like that. Yeah. Where one person isn't involved with their with partner's the partner, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways that it can be done. Yeah. Uh, and you really just find what works for your situation. Where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there definitely is. <laughs> you want it bad enough. I mean, cheaters have been finding ways to do things for, you know, thousands of years. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure you can figure it out. As a polyamorous person. Yes. And be totally ethical with it. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Having full on relationships with multiple people and it's okay. Oh, I love the world we live in. <laughs> the perks to it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad shit going on right now out in the world. Yeah. We're, we, won't, we won't go into that one, but we'll look at the good stuff that makes us happy and yeah. makes us enjoy life for what it is right now. Swing poly and BDSM bring yep. me happiness and joy. That can make me ignore everything else going on. Yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, I focus on that stuff and, you know, it's, it makes me happy. And I that's know. all like, that matters. Like this. Is it on that side? Do you see it? <laughs> yeah. Got a little, little imprint. Yeah. From last night, apparently. It made me happy because I was like, oh, look, I have little love marks. <laughs> And I didn't know it. I went to the gym today. Like, mm. but I totally forgot about everything else going on in the world because I had little bruises on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was fun last night. So thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> Might have to have another round. Might have to. <laughs> Especially this little outfit on. I know. You look like such a little whore. I mean, it's a school whore. So it's very much a. Uh, it's a school Appro- whore. Yeah, it's a school whore. <laughs> it's very much uh, appropriate, I think. I think it is. I mean, <laughs> you definitely look super cute. Oh, thanks. I mean, look at your titties just barely hanging out. Yeah. The, yeah. Or barely holding in, I should say. Yeah, they're barely holding in. <laughs> Short little skirty thing. Well, why don't you stand up real quick? All right. I have to get a video for this so that I can put it on... The pages only fans. Look at that. Oh yeah. Yeah, your titties are just all out right <laughs> They're now. They're all out. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I just looked down and like titties. 
your booty's just hanging out. Like, I, I don't even know what the point of the fabric on that costume is. It's a, <laughs> I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I think, you, <laughs> I think you might need a bigger top for that. Well, it was. I think I got it when my titties were small. Okay. And now my titties are big. And it's, Big titties, okay. And even, like, the buttons don't really hold it together anymore. No, they don't. All right, we got that. Yay. That's woohoo! Yay for titties and ass. Titties that are popping out, <laughs> you know. Round of applause. Thank you, thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. So I think that covers our our poly how to live together segment. I think so. Um, I think the only other thing people might want to know is like, well, where do you sleep? And we kind of covered that, but. For us, we like to share our bed yeah. with our girlfriend. Yeah, we need like a king rant. King rant. Yeah. My goodness. That, that would be a Ford. That would be a Ford. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking a big bed. The biggest bed ever. Well, there's a California king. That's the one that's it's like not, one wall to the other. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought it a was. California king. Or is that the Alaskan king? Yeah, I think it's like the Alaskan king. But it, even that isn't that big. Okay, if it's wall to wall, that's pretty no. damn big. No, it's not wall to wall. It's right, two well, queen mattresses put together. Well, I'm sorry, but the one that I saw on Facebook that was from one wall to the room to the other. Yeah, that's custom built. That's, okay, well, that's what I thought was an Alaskan king. That's multiple <laughs> mattresses put together. <laughs> so tell me, how do you get sheets and a comforter to cover that thing? It's custom made. Fuck that. <laughs> that's, that's a little too much extraness. I can't. I mean, it looks really cool, but. Yeah, I mean. And we'd just all be in the middle. <laughs> I, I wanted to build a custom bed that used two king mattresses put together. Oh, okay. I could so, be down with that. So that way there was room, you know, for everybody mm-hmm. to be involved. And then there was plenty of room if everyone just wanted to be like, get the fuck away from me. You know? Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> so basically you. Yeah. yeah or you'd so. be like, I need to cool off. And us girls would be like, we're going to go cattle. Because we're cold. Yeah. And then there'd still be room for dogs and stuff. Oh, you're going to let the dogs back in the bed? <laughs> I don't want them to be, but I'm sure it would happen. Yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. I'll get my black kitty, though. The black kitty can be in the bed. Yes. No. Yes. Absolutely not. I'm going to make it happen. You watch me. There's only one type of black kitty that I would want. <laughs> In that bed. I mean, I'm not going to disagree on that one either, but okay. I do also want the one that goes purr, purr. <laughs> They do do that if you if you stroke them, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Somehow. You Again. want the kind that is supposed to be in my general sales chicken. <gasps> How dare you? And that's not going to happen. Oh, no. It will. When there's a will, there's a way. That only works for poly stuff, not for... What the no it, does, it, no, it does too. Mm-hmm. If it needs a home, it will find its way. Uh, no, <laughs> you gave that up a long time ago. <gasps> no, I didn't. When we moved off the farm, you gave up the right to just bring random animals home. But what if that, it's not random and needs adopted? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's going to be censored. You. <laughs> You're not nice. Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, right. so 
that's how you live and you sleep as a polyamorous couple. Yes. Thruple, quadruple, quintuple. Oh, man. <laughs> However you want to do it. However big you want your bed to be. Yeah. Big <laughs> beds. Lots of bodies. It's lots a, of bodies. Lots of fun. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. So tell us about this topic you have picked out for our kink and BDSM segment. Okay, so this is definitely going to be, here's your trigger warning for anyone who is going to potentially get upset or be triggered by this. Um, So with BDSM, I felt like I wanted to know how people who have trauma and PTSD actually work through going and being involved with BDSM in their life. And with that, um, actually, I was surprised to find that BDSM can actually help heal past trauma, mm-hmm. which I was not aware of, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, I don't have major trauma, but I do have some things that have scarred me over the years, I guess you could say, and things that me and you do, I find quite soothing, which I guess you could say is, you know, me being a masochist. Um, I may not always like the pain, but if I resource myself I find ways that it actually is very enjoyable for me and just kind of lets me dissociate in a healthy way, basically, I guess you could say. Yes, and uh, from having been in the BDSM lifestyle for 20 years now, yeah, um, I have met a lot of especially submissives or bottoms that have gone through some very traumatic things, um, whether it be domestic violence, rape, um, mental abuse, you name it, Mm -hmm. I've heard about it. And at first, when I was new to the scene, it always amazed me at how these women, I mean, I'm sure there's men too, but Mm -hmm. I really only encountered the women. Um, It amazed me how they could let the same shit that they went through basically happened to them in a scene. Mm-hmm. But after talking to them and learning, you know, about all the different aspects of BDSM, mm-hmm. you know, of course, uh, the mental being the biggest one, right? That I began to understand that it's for a lot of them, I'm not gonna put words in people's mouths, but from the women I've spoken to, the general consensus was that it gave them the power to control what happened to them. Exactly. So it's being done on their terms. Right. Like I am Angie Gunn, a licensed social work and sex therapist actually had said that it can be very healing for some to allow them to be able to work through And feel like they've gained control back in that kind of scene that something happened, whether it be, you know, that they were raped or that it be, you know, they were controlled by the way they bound or whatnot. Um, But they, if they go about it in their limits, they are able to work through and get past that trauma. Right. And for a lot of people that I've talked to, um, not only did it, help you know heal those wounds but it eventually actually kind of like sexualized them right like they 
no longer felt like it was a negative part of themselves and they actually wanted to have that be incorporated in some scenes. Yeah, I mean, well, like that's what I mean. They they sexualized it, mm-hmm. meaning that it no longer had any negative power over them and it now brought them a lot of pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, like I found this a lot in women who were raped. Okay. Where once they do work through that trauma and stuff and they get to a point where they actually enjoy consensual non-consent. That's really interesting. Where they they actually have rape fantasies now. Right. But even though it's like consensual non-consent is not very uh, controlled. Right. I mean, it's kind of a free-for-all. Yeah. But they feel safe with the person that they're going to be doing this type of scene with. Right. So therefore there's no risk of, you know, that mental and physical damage that they received when it happened to them in the past. Right. Cause they're, they have that trust that they've got to build with you and they can actually then enjoy it. Yeah. It, and it turns them on like a ridiculous amount now. I, I bet it would. I mean, I don't understand completely because I've never been through anything like that and I won't pretend to understand it. But I mean, for the people that go through that and then in turn make it something positive to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I commend them a hundred percent. Like that's a lot of work to do on yourself. I mean, it definitely is. And I think the different aspects that we have in the BDSM, as far as, you know, we have bondage, we have pain play. There's even, you know, of course, there's your aftercare. Um, but even the age play, like, I mean, again, that falls into also doing the rape play as well. Those are things that the person who went through the trauma of it finds something out of those different aspects that BDSM offers that they've been able to use to help heal. So, for example, in pain play, that gives you the endorphin rush and then also is in healing activation too. Right. Which I think I've noticed that for myself. And it also, it kind of centralizes me as far as... It's like getting a tattoo. Kind of. Yeah. In in all, you know, fairness, the pain that you get from a tattoo for a lot of people is like therapeutic they say yeah like and i'm not one that passes out like some do but oh yeah like i can fall asleep yeah i can't fall tattoo. asleep but i think the reason i don't like to fall asleep is because i want to feel it so and i want to feel every different aspect and how my body responds to it and that in itself distracts me from anything else and i'm literally just listening to the the needle like hitting my skin <laughs> Yes, I'm literally just listening to that and how like the different parts of my body and how it reacts differently because some parts of my body, it doesn't feel it at all. And it's just like a, you know, an annoying tapping. And That's then other parts, how it's I am. like a burn. I mean, I haven't had it on many parts of me, but my my forearm and my calf, like I didn't even really feel it. Yeah, like I had parts of my thigh that I didn't really feel. Um, and that's where it was more like a, a, a numbing tapping sensation. Um, but when I had my arm done, like that one 
was a little harder for me to go through um, just because probably the fact that it was on like a tinier part of my body. <laughs> well, yeah, you basically just have bone on your wrist. Yeah. So that one was a little bit Tiny. rougher. Um, but it was still kind of the same, the same scenario though, because, you know, I was able to just kind of hone in on that sensation. Um, and it's very much the same as when me and you have an impact play and, you know, yes, I may not necessarily enjoy some of it. And yes, I'm the type that loves the bruising afterwards. Um, some of it, depending on, you know, where my mind's at and, you know, what all else is going on that, you know what you're doing to me, what, whether you're touching me or the certain implements that you use, it puts me into this different realm of thinking and it just kind of recenters me. And then I can just focus on just how my body is responding to it. Okay. So speaking of all that, mm-hmm. one of your hard limits when we first started training you as a submissive mm-hmm. was no smacking your face. Yeah. Now, like that is something that you have like sexualized. I have. Like um, you really get into it when I smack your face. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of things like I'm very much head shy. Um, I still am, but for whatever reason, and I'm not for whatever reason, because I trust you, I think I'm okay with you doing it. And I don't even seem to react either. It's like, it, like when you do it to me, like I don't flinch. I don't pull back nothing. Well, no, not like, not that way you don't react, but right. like sexually you react. Right. Yeah. Like you get super wet mm-hmm. or like if we're actually like fucking at the time, like you clench, you know, like yeah, you're getting ready to come. And it's just crazy because when we first started, you were like, no fucking way. I'm not getting smacked in the face, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I think I was also like that too about choking. Not as as aggressively no on oh. the choking. Yeah. Because you said that you had had it done before. It was just. It wasn't a very good one. Like it was really like loose. Yeah. And now you're to the point where like I almost pass out. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, this could be interesting one day. Because <laughs> I'm like, keep going, daddy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily, you know, I know how to do it. And oh, yeah. Thank goodness. I'm not actually stopping your airflow <laughs> stopping the blood to your brain freaking if an emt showed up from down here to be like what the fuck were y'all doing freaking whips are out and especially bro. where we live they'd be <laughs> they'd probably have to call the jesus the pastor in and do an exorcism right? and shit like oh the devil lives here i should totally fuck with them too like when i'm back to <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that they might I might kill you around here. Oh gosh. Uh, I mean, you may you may be right with that. So maybe I should uh, tread lightly with it. I mean, like we're talking about the same people that are bitching because they're supposed to be like a pride type uh, event in town here. Oh lord, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But anyway, just yeah, a little bit. But um, yeah, the other thing too, as far as you know being able to use the BDSM to help with people with trauma is there's a lot of positive things besides, you know, healing yourself is it actually gives you a decreased level of depression, which is a good thing. Um, you know, it lowers your anxiety. I've noticed that even as a top or a dominant. Yeah. When I'm able to, you know, be in that role Mm -hmm. more often, I feel less depressed. Yeah. 
and less anxious. They're okay. So they actually have done a very small study about that. And it was used a lot in the medieval times. Um, it was kind of frowned upon though, but there have, they have noticed that when you were participating in BDSM, it actually was used as like a therapy treatment. So it has many good properties that. So what you're saying is back in the medieval times, <laughs> I would have been an executioner. Basically. <laughs> like but a, you would have been happy. <laughs> or I would have been like a, a dungeon torture artist. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah. Um, it also helps uh, decrease, you know, people who have the abusive tendencies, you know, towards themselves. Um, it helps with that too. So it stops people or slows people down from self-harming yes. and stuff. So any, you know, biting themselves, cutting themselves, um, it does decrease that as well. Well, that's good. I mean, because why self-harm when you can have someone like me do it for you? I mean, yes, it's very true. Um, what was the other? Well, I guess the other thing is when it comes to, you know, engaging with the BDSM, um, Basically, it bridges your unhealthy aspects to a healthy level. So, okay, so people who dissociate, um, you have an altered state of being, you know, conscious versus your other state where you're thinking normally. And you have this, they call it a flow, which is like your focused attention where you actually enjoy what's going on and you're actually really hyper focused which is almost in a way kind of when you hit subspace um it's like one version of the subspace because everybody has a different way of how they describe it for themselves um some people kind of feel like they're in this like dreamy world which would be what they call a transient hypofrontability which is like the ragdoll stage that's how you get yes <laughs> But actually, the last time we played, when we were at um, Pandora's Pan Forest, yes, when we were at Pandora's Forest, I was in more of the flow because, like, I was very much aware, but I was very hypersensitive because that's when I picked up that I knew that's it was you. That's because there was multiple. There was more people there, I think. Maybe, and I didn't feel as relaxed enough to like. When it's just you and I, then that's when you go into that like ragdoll. <laughs> the, the, the weekend at Bernie, you know, <laughs> you gotta have people move you around I'm, like I a, puppet. a puppet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that might be, you know, exactly what kind of happens. Um, but yeah, because that one at Pandora's, like, I was—I've never experienced it where I was that much in tune with everything. Um, I mean, it was pretty awesome, just because, like, I could tell by just the smell that it was you and and i could feel like your presence by me like i was blindfolded so i could not i couldn't see you and know where you were and i know there was like three other people around but like i could tell when people would be backing away and then like coming in front of me or coming close to my left side so yeah it was definitely very interesting well there was a lot more than three people but there was only... Well, I meant like right next to me in that scene. Right. Not just the people who were, you know, watching. Yeah, because there was uh, myself and the other 
dominant mm-hmm. that let us use his floggers and all that. Yes. Um, there was him, and then there was Juan, the pool boy, that oh. kept coming up and <laughs> trying to fuck with you. But, yeah, um, there was probably like seven or eight people in the room total. Oh, okay. But, yeah, um, there's definitely a, a difference for you depending on your environment. Yeah. So it is definitely a, a cool thing to know that the BDSM lifestyle, culture, and the people in general can actually really help with people who have gone through trauma and have PTSD for various different reasons, and they can actually heal from this and not be feeling like they're trapped and constantly reliving something that they want to get rid of. And they can actually, you know, like we said earlier, they can gain that control back and be able to fully, you know, enjoy their life again and being themselves. Right. And it's, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, I love BDSM and it's been a wonderful part of my life for 20 years. Yeah. Um, I didn't always get to go balls deep in it, <laughs> but uh, when I can, I'm, I'm the happiest. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad that, you know, people find a sense of healing and, you know, happiness from BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me want to continue to educate people. That's a good thing. And we need good educators on it too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a great educator because I don't really like people, but. <laughs> but um, you're very knowledgeable. Yeah. I, I just try to stay away from like the large or like on TikTok and FetLife yeah. and all that shit because. It's too much. It just ends up being drama and people thinking that their, yeah, their way is the only way. I don't want to argue with idiots. Yeah. I, I get that. You know, people that read a book or a couple articles online yeah think they know everything and they've never even been to a munch or you know they've never been to a dungeon yeah they've never actually had a submissive or a dominant you know other right. than like maybe somebody online right that's not yeah and <laughs> that's not even close to yeah i mean how i'm, I'm not trying to take it. away from people that have long distance you know, power exchange of relationships, but it's not the same as being in person. Right. And I, and I think you also mean too, like if that's their only source of experience, that's not enough to go off of, unfortunately. Yeah. And I just want people to learn. Like yeah. it's, and to be safe so much, with it. Yeah. And there's, there's just so much to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a million different ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Like I'll never be one of those people that, says this technique is the only technique unless it really is like if it's the only <laughs> safe way to do something well yeah then yeah i'm gonna preach it makes that sense. way but like if i teach anything else and there's a ton of different ways to do it you know i'll give a couple examples i'll say how i do it yeah and then you do you like yeah. if whatever you do works best for you and your submissive or whatever have at it yeah, and that's the best way because, you know, you're giving the information and that there's multiple different ways in said case scenario, but then you choose which works for you. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. As, <laughs> as long as you're safe yeah. and everything's consensual, you know, then by all means, 
do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Just don't sit there and argue with me because (laughs) you think you have a better way or something, you know? Right. And if you are going to argue with me, have the facts to back it up, bring facts. Yes. Like, please do, (laughs) you know, and not just, well, I saw this at a dungeon or, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to one convention and this one speaker said that that's the wrong thing to do. Right. Like, you need more sources. <laughs> we yeah. learned that in high school. You have to get more sources. I mean, unfortunately, the BDSM world, since it is becoming more popular. There's a lot of people that. There's people that are good at getting popular in the lifestyle. Okay. And making people think they know a lot and they know nothing. Mm, that's the worst kind. But because they're good at social media mm-hmm. and you know, all this shit, or they may be very attractive, which helps them, you know, in person at dungeons and stuff like that. Right. Where people just automatically assume, well, Hey, they're fucking hot. So (laughs) they probably know what they're talking about. Like, don't go off of that. That's not right. That's not true. No, like honestly, and this is just me, but I would rather listen to somebody that, you know, society would say is pretty fucking ugly. Like, if there's like a big burly dom guy that, you know, is 300 pounds and he's been in this shit for 35, 40 years, uh-huh. but he's known, like, I'm not just saying like, he's just some random guy, but like, okay. if he's known and he's not attractive, I would listen to him before I would listen to new guy that's only been in the scene for four or five years who looks like Fabio. Yeah. And for you younger listeners, Fabio is a uh, book cover model from like the 80s and 90s. Long hair, very good looking, you know. Okay. You got the point. Well, I don't fucking know how old people are anymore. Like, I'm almost 40. So I got into BDSM when I was 17. So there could be like 18, 19 year old people listening to this right now. And I mean, it could be, like you said, someone who's been in that for, you know, 20 or more years would be the one you would go listen to versus someone who's only been in it for four or five. I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll, you'll have some experiences in four to five, but if you need real in depth, like go by someone who went by the old guard and they knew yeah, and All the ins and outs. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying someone with four or five years experience can't be very knowledgeable. Right. I'm talking about these hacks that get on TikTok and uh, FetLife and all this other social media, you know, and basically say that they're an Uber Dom and they know everything. Um, and yeah. stupid people fucking listen to them because they're attractive. Maybe they're just, they're just stupid people. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I'm trying to prevent people from being stupid and okay. listening to idiots like that. So people take note, don't be stupid, do your research, find qualified people to listen to for facts. Yes. And go to fucking munches. Yes. Find one. If you don't have one in your area, you can set one up. Like it's really not hard. Become a member on FetLife, make a little group on there for your area once you get some members, set up a munch at a place, and it's basically just lunch or dinner. You know, there's nothing sexual about it. It's a meet and greet, you know, where you can get to meet other kinky people in your area. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Like, because you never know who you're going to meet. 
I'm not gonna lie. Do you think we'd get any takers out here? <laughs> um, probably just the good old boys that would want to beat my ass. Oh, like that's probably the only people that would show up. They probably wouldn't even know about Fat Life, though. Well, no, but I'm sure somehow it would get leaked, and you mm. know, it'd be all around the churches. Oh gosh. <laughs> Hell, I probably just go to the church and be like, "Hey, can I rent the space?" I was just thinking we could just go to the church. Yeah. I, I need a space to rent. They may throw holy water at us, though. <laughs> They'll be like, what do you need space for? <laughs> like, well, uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of kinky people here, and we're going to have uh, crackers and and juice as we talk about, you know, kinky fuckery. Probably be like, hmm, I don't think we're going to allow that to happen here, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. That's the one thing I do miss about the North. I know. Me too. Like, I love living in the South, but then the Bible Belt shit is ridiculous. You would think because we're in like 2022 now, like oh, no. this shit would be a little bit more like, yeah, it's cool. No. Nope. Not in Alabama. It ain't. No, like we would have to go to like Florida probably. Yeah, because I think you only, like, Atlanta, Georgia is the only area. Yeah, but then we're going to get shot. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's like going to Birmingham. Like, no. I'd go to Birmingham before I went to Atlanta. It gives me the same vibe. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> either way, it's it's no good. Right. But did you cover everything? I, I did cover everything. Well, good job on research and that stuff and getting some some actual facts yes and not just opinions like mine no opinions <laughs> just facts just the motherfucking facts yes and there's actually a youtube video on that that i can always put on our page so if anyone actually wants to watch the video okay. yeah um they can You'll access have to it s- well actually you have access to the facebook page so you can yeah. put that up i can post that then all right so um we have a little segment That'll hopefully lighten the mood after all that seriousness. I'm sure it will. So what are we doing? We're going to play the Wheel of Kink. Ooh. Where we're going to spin the little wheel here on my silly phone. Okay. And uh, it's going to land on a kink or a fetish. Okay. And you are going to say if you are into it or not. Okay. And if you are into it, explain like what it, yeah like uh, like what it does for me that makes me want to be in like turns yeah. me on or whatever and if you are, are not into it i want to know why you're not into it okay all right so you're gonna go first oh of course well yeah <laughs> so just spin the wheel all right just hit the spin button yep all right here we go holy hell what's that triple penetration triple penetration all right so are we talking like all three holes like how would we define triple penetration here well the way i would define it would be either two in the pink one in the stink or two in the stink one in the pink that's gonna be a hard no hard no for tank yeah like like i could do a double penetration and that's like my max and that's just because I'm tight. Everything's tight. There ain't no fucking way 
that they were going to fit either one of those holes. That's why I was like, so is my mouth included? Because I could do it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could definitely see you doing like all three holes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, but I could, I could but not, not do double in my pussy or double in my ass. It No, I couldn't do it. Yeah, that would that would be a sight to see for sure. I don't think I'd be able to walk for like two weeks and I would be broken for two weeks. <laughs> Probably. So that's going to be still a hard no. All right. So it's my turn. All right. Wouldn't you know, got the same fucking thing. Yeah, you're going to need to spin that again. Spin it again. Glory hole. Hmm. What are your takes on that? To be honest, like I would love to do it. But oh, there's a but. <laughs> like, I'm a mental connection guy, so mm. I can't just like get hard and stand with my dick through a hole. You might get some splinters. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope not, but I mean, like, I can no longer really just get hard without like having some sort of mental stimulation. Right. Okay. So, so it would be kind of hard to. Literally be kind of hard. Yeah, like the only way I could do it <laughs> is if I did that like tri-mix stuff where you take a shot in your dick and it just makes it hard. Oh, it just stays hard and you're yeah. just like, yeah, sure, have at it. Right. Like in that case, like if that worked, mm-hmm. I would totally do it. Okay. Because I think sense. like for me, the appeal of it mm-hmm. is just not knowing who's on the other side. Ah, uh, so that's what's like the turn on for you. And yeah, because you. Cause, like, whoa, whoa. Chair's going crazy. My chair just broke or what? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, would it be someone who I would normally be attracted to? Right. Or is it someone I wouldn't be attracted to, but they give bomb head? Or you, if you it's know? like, what if it's somebody that you know personally? Right, but then you would never know then, if they... Yeah. And like, what if they gave you like really good head and you're just like, damn, that was like the best head I've ever had. And you would never know. It might be someone you actually knew. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's not like they know what your dick is, looks like, or whatever, unless, you know, you accidentally sent them a dick pic, which you've done that before. Well, yeah. Oops. My bad. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of consensual just because they know how I am. So, like, uh, yeah. a dick pic every once in a while by accident uh, isn't going to ruin our friendship. <laughs> no, no. And they they definitely were like, well, hi. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was I, a surprise. I, I didn't have any complaints. No. So, would you do a glory hole? Like, would you be on, you know, the... So, I'm torn on that. And the reason I'm torn on that is because I feel like some dicks are not good looking. And I don't want them in my mouth if they're not good looking to me. Okay. Like, I can understand that. Like, I I, I just, I have a preference. I like ones that have a good head to them. And if it's like a narrow head and it's just kind of... I don't know, like it just kind of doesn't have any shape around the head where I can't like play with my tongue around it. I don't, I don't want it. And some, some directions, I think also make me be like, eh, no. Some directions? Yeah, like if they curve certain directions. Oh, okay. Like I like if they curve upward, that's okay. But like the ones that curve like down, it would make it hard for me and like hard down. Because obviously, if it's a little bit, like, yeah, if you're on your knees, it's going to work great because you can get it in your throat. But it may not be good looking to me. I have to have a good looking dick in my mouth. Okay, so is it a (laughs) yes or a no? Like, are you, like, if 
<laughs> we were at a party or something and they had a glory hole. Like, would you go in the box? At one time. I would do it one time. One time. And then if, and if it ended up being one of those things where like one of the dicks ended up not being that good looking, I probably would not do it again. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So let's do one more each. All right. One more. Water sports. Water sports. Is this like waterboarding? <laughs> no, this is pee play. Oh, I mean, yeah, I've done that. So I, I've, I've peed on somebody. So that's definitely like, it doesn't really turn me on per se, but if they enjoy it, I have no problem doing it. So I think that it would be good for me. Like I'll do it. And what about the reverse? Somebody peeing on you. Oh, that one. If we're in the shower and there's water running, I'm okay. <laughs> but don't just like pee on me randomly <laughs> just because like you're chasing me around the house and want to try to pee on me or something. <laughs> then I'm oh, not okay. okay. But if it's in an, in an area that like it can be cleaned up and it's not going to. Yeah. Up. If it's in an area that can be cleaned up, I'm, I'm down. Okay. Yeah. So there you have it. You can pee on tank. <laughs> as long as I get to pee on you back. <laughs> All right, so it's my turn. Yes. Oh, what'd you get? Oh, okay. Bukaki. Um, that actually used to be my favorite type of porn really? whenever I was younger. All right, well, I need to describe what bukaki is for some of our listeners okay. that don't know. Uh, it is when a female, mm -hmm. generally, I mean, that's what you know it as in the porn industry, when one female uh, basically jerks off and sucks a bunch of different dudes and they all come on her face oh so Definitely there could be like 15 20 guys just, just jerking off onto some chick's face yep like one after another like she's completely covered by the time that you're done and i think that was like i could see that as being like a really big kink well yeah i mean and i think i watched that whenever <laughs> i was younger because i come so much yeah like yeah, I'd be like, let me just coat that face with pe your pretty little face. Yeah, and I mean, to watch normal porn, like to watch like the facials and the cum shots and stuff. Mm -hmm. You don't <laughs> like that's it. Yeah, like you don't always get enough because, I mean, up until recently, like I could cover somebody's face basically. Yeah, like I know by myself. So I'm so glad I've only had to deal with one of those. So I needed to watch that type of porn yeah, in order to get that same effect. I get it. So, yeah, I mean, like I would participate in one, like at least one time. Yeah, I think you would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Would you do it as a girl? Oh, if I knew the people and like I've played with them before or something, yes. But if, if it's kind of like that whole glory hole kind of thing where you don't really know who they are, no. Well, I mean, like you would see them. No, no, I have to kind of know them. Like, oh, okay, so you'd have to, yeah, like be friends. Kinda. Yes, yes, I'd have to have some kind of of a, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Connection. Or Connection or just just a friendship. In yeah, general. something like that to go off of. I can't just have a stranger jerk well, well, off on my face. I can't. Okay, so we know a lot of swingers. Yeah. Would it count if like it's just people that we have met? Or do they have to be like in our circle? Like. Because like say at Sunny Rest. Okay. We hung out with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. If I had told you like, hey, get on your knees and 
we're all gonna (laughs) dump our load on (laughs) on your face what are you saying to that um if the ones that like were we were hanging out with like like i was cool with and like i liked them and because i felt like they were my friends and like i was friendly with them then yeah i would okay but if it was like you know i saw them as like a drive-by in the club yeah fuck no (laughs) (laughs) not happening well well, no like like i'm talking about people like all the hotel takeovers that we've done like we've talked to a million people yeah would that count like if you've at least had one conversation with them or would they have to be more of a friend like people we talk to a lot if if like that one conversation like set really well with me then yeah like they wouldn't have to have that friendship level with me to be able to do it okay and another question on this would this be something that you would just willingly do or is it something like i as your dominant would have to tell you like oh yeah you would have to tell me (laughs) (laughs) i'll just stop you there (laughs) so this isn't something that you would be like you guys let's go yeah like (laughs) i want you you to come on my face you wouldn't come to me and say hey i I want you to find a bunch of guys and just have them jerk off all over my face no okay (laughs) so i'm also it's because Come in the eyeball really fucking sucks. Well, you close your fucking eyes. I know, but do you know how hard it is to get that shit out of your eyes? Like, on your eyelashes and everything? I know. Just think of how good it would be for your OF, though. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> that, nope. yeah, that definitely, that definitely would uh, perk some uh, yeah. activity there. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh. And everybody would be kept out of the out of like head view for that so it would just be my face and a bunch of dicks in the video <laughs> so don't worry if like you were kind of thinking you wanted to be a part of that <laughs> yeah i mean that could be fun <laughs> kind of could be not gonna hmm. lie that kind of was like hmm, maybe <laughs> look at you um, converting me into doing things hey, lord um i'm all about I corrupting know. people you totally are all right so i think that's going to be our show. All right. It kind of went by fast. It did. So tune in next week. Yes. We'll be back. Show number 11 oh next man. week. Oh, woo, woo. We're getting and it. And that's going to be a special show because. <gasps> Is that where we're having our guest speaker? Yes. We Yay. have Sexy Swinger Chick Talks from TikTok. Awesome. She's going to be on the show. We're going to be talking about body positivity in the lifestyle because that's super fucking important. Yes, it is. Like super important. You got to. Feel good in your own skin. Yes. You have to be confident in who you are, what you look like, and own it. That's right. And she's going to tell us how we can do that. Awesome. I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. Fuck yeah. So until next week, I'm Pedro. I'm Tink. And we'll see you later. And that's our show, everybody. You can find us on our socials on TikTok at KSENM and Kink Podcast at Tink Swings one and at J-U-S-T underscore Pedro 83. We're also on Instagram at K-S-E-N-M and Kink Podcast. And of course, you can find us on our OnlyFans at K-S-E-N-M and Kink Podcast, which for $5.99 a month, you can go behind the scenes when we record our shows and watch all the sexy videos and uh, the tour reviews and all that. We are also going to be streaming live on OnlyFans when we do our recordings on Friday evenings. So be sure to check that out. We'd really appreciate it if you do. 
Um, and Tink's OnlyFans is at Pixie, P-I-X-I-E-I-N-D-I-X-I-E 69. Pixie in Dixie 69. You can also find us on SLS.com. Our username there is Pedro and Tink. So if you are in Alabama and want to get together, let us know. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week.